Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. We are neither Dave Andujanovic nor Boyd Matheson. We're Marty Carpenter and Greg Scordis filling in for Boyd Matheson and happy to be here today. Uh, you know, Marty, since the Dobbs decision came out, uh, Supreme Court, I think it was in June, there's been so much more attention given uh, to states' rights as opposed to federal rights. And there's been so much more attention by the Supreme Court itself to say, look, some of these issues, for example, abortion, is 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 a state issue, or at least it's not going to be a federal issue. Now, we've talked earlier today about the lame duck Congress perhaps passing this Respect for Marriage Act, but the Supreme Court has really shown that a lot of things that we're doing right now are going to be back to the states, and the states are going to have to decide how to address some of those things. Yeah, and you wonder where immigration fits into that landscape because it really is one of those things it seems like it should be a federal responsibility. Who comes in or out of the country, and then once you're here, you can move freely amongst the states. And in fact, if, if you go back on the immigration issue uh, back you know over 12 years now to November of 2010 when uh, leaders in our state, business leaders, faith leaders, uh, signed the Utah Compact on Immigration – their position on immigration was essentially the first principle of the five principles in, in the Utah Compact is federal solutions, that immigration is a federal policy, a federal policy issue between the U.S. government and other countries, not Utah and other countries. And here you have some challenges that could change the way the court looks at that and how those policies are decided in our country. Exactly right. And apparently Texas and Louisiana don't have that compact, and they've brought <laughs> suit against the United States, against uh, the Biden administration essentially, for his uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, policies. And that case has reached its way all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. Arguments are going to be held today, may have already been held today. We're joined this afternoon with by Chris Richardson, immigration lawyer, and as well as a COO at BDV Solutions, an immigration firm. Chris, thank you for joining us on Inside Sources. Thank you for having me, guys. And what can you tell us about this case? I mean, before we dig into the, the weeds about um, standing uh, and, and whether the Biden administration exceeded its authority, how did this case work its way up to the United States Supreme Court? Sure. So Texas and Louisiana, um, well, taking a step back, the Biden administration, um, subsequent to the Trump administration, decided to change the enforcement policies of ICE, basically saying that, hey, we're only going to be deporting um, certain people who commit certain crimes and recent border arrivals. 
Texas and Louisiana say, well, we have seen an increase and a surge in people crossing the border, and that has harmed our states, and therefore we are going to sue and try to force the federal government to deport all 11 million people. Um, And so Texas and Louisiana are saying that they now, as states that are being directly harmed or indirectly harmed by the increase in the um, number of people at the border, uh, therefore they should have the right to to overturn um, the the Biden administration's desire to prioritize um, who should get deported and who shouldn't be. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And and do you is there a standing question here? Is there, a, is there a question whether or not the states have a right to even bring this, or is this a federal issue, or is that sort of what the Supreme Court's about to decide? Well, it's interesting. I think the Supreme Court is about to decide that, um, because basically it's, it's, it's where that you see a state um, try to use this indirect argument. So what standing basically says is, are you directly harmed um, by this act of the, of the government? And what Texas and Louisiana are saying is that while they're not directly harmed, they're indirectly harmed by the money they have to spend. Um, and so it's really, really interesting, but it really has been a part of a long-term trend in the last 20, 30 years that we've seen where states, even on the issue of immigration, have really taken on and tried to challenge uh, the federal government. Um, and so California, for example, filed 122 lawsuits against the Trump administration. Um, and you're really seeing, um, and, and we can't forget that um, Hawaii sued the federal government over the, the, the Muslim ban, um, or the so-called Muslim ban, um, back during the early days of the Trump administration. And so what you're seeing are, are a lot of red states now are basically doing a tit for tat against blue states or against um, what, you know what they perceive as things that happened under the Trump administration. They're saying we're going to do this the same thing, but the, the Texas and Louisiana are unique um, because they're really making a argument that this indirect monetary um, cost um, is what is allows them to have standing in this situation. What are some of the rulings the? that SCOTUS could give in this case, and what are the broader implications that the case could have when it comes to states challenging federal policy? Oh, plenty. <laughs> so if Texas and Louisiana win this, um, so one argument that they are making is that um, because of the, the, the statute, the Immigration and Nationality Act, it says shall. It says shall take into custody and shall remove immigrants. They're saying that shall means must. Now, that goes against 100 years of precedent in Supreme Court rulings, where basically the shall uh, command or shall arrest, for example, doesn't actually mean must. It's been construed as may uh, since at least 1877. And so if the Supreme Court were to side with, with them on that, then that would open up 
whole new level of challenges based on prosecutorial discretion that we really haven't seen before. Um, you might see even more states taking on the federal government, and not just in immigration, but in all sorts of different avenues. But also, it's going to ask the federal government to do something that pretty much impossible, which is deport 11 million people. Um, and so if this were to go the way of Texas and Louisiana, you would really see a revolution in how immigration law is seen in the country, but you also encourage a lot more states to take on the federal government. And that's something that Texas and Louisiana should be concerned about because they have to realize there will be Republican governor or Republican presidents in the future, right? And so the actions that you take today and the precedents you take today, when you have a Republican president again, these Democratic states are now going to have that precedent to go after them too. Uh, Chris, the Biden administration came under a great deal of heat over its student loan forgiveness program, and essentially uh, it's been argued not only the standing issue, which I think you covered incredibly well, but that the administration exceeded its authority and that really this is something that, that Congress should have done. Is that an argument that's also being made in this instance? Yes, that argument is being made that um, by Texas and Louisiana indirectly and somewhat directly that you know, Congress, if there's an issue with the statute and what the statute says, that Congress should be the ones that deal with it. With this particular statute, I don't think that they have much standing um, because it, basically because of prosecutorial discretion and because other administrations have actually set this kind of prioritization before, it's really hard for them to now say, oh, now we have a problem with it, you know. This is something that was done in the Bush administration, the Obama administration, the Clintons, and so it's really harder for them to, to make that argument. But I think that, in general, they are right. I think that Unfortunately, what we're seeing in our country now is because Congress isn't doing the work it needs to do, states and others are using gimmicks to basically push these issues without Congress actually having to go and do the hard work of fixing things. Um, you know, it's like a revolutionary thing to ask congressmen to legislate, but that's basically what they need to be doing. They actually need to be legislating on immigration. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think this is the way that you want to do stuff like this for the country um, in terms of helping immigrants and help, help, helping businesses and helping the crisis at the border. Chris Richardson is an immigration lawyer and a former diplomat, and he has been here with us on Inside Sources. Thanks, Chris, for uh, sharing your insight on this uh, topic. We will keep our eye on what unfolds as SCOTUS hears arguments and makes a ruling. Yeah, it would have been nice to keep him for another segment and ask him how he, <laughs> how he, what his crystal ball tells <laughs> yeah. us, but maybe we'll save that for another day. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. We're going to come back with more on Inside Sources after this. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.